Today, a very special Starseed episode. Hi, it's Cheryl Sitz welcoming you to another episode of Exploring Possibilities, where we're all about transforming life from the inside out in holistic spiritual ways. We have over 250 episodes that you can check out on journeyofpossibilities.com, and all of our new shows come out through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, now Spotify, and we put them on youtube.com slash Cheryl Sitz. We'll also welcome your support to keep the show going at journeyofpossibilities.com slash support. And we will be talking with Steve Noble in just a moment. Throughout these shows, I'm always talking about Mario Rosales' incredible technology skills, helping me launch the podcast, my website, my YouTube channel, and he can still help you with all those things. But for five years now, he's been working on a special project and now he's finally ready to launch it. And I'm excited for him to tell you about it because they're absolutely beautiful. Tell us. Well, what I have come up with, I call it astral fractals, and that's astro, A-S-T-R-O, like astrology. And why is it an astral fractal? It's very simple because it uses your birth date, your birth time, and your numerology of your name. With that, I put it into this formula that I've worked on for, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and it creates a fractal and it colors it and it gives you this beautiful portrait of you. And at first when I got it, it's like, what was it? What's it for? Well, if you meditate in front of it, take it to a ceremony, or if you just want to look at it like a piece of art, it's beautiful. You can look at it at my website at astro, A-S-T-R-O, fractals, F-R-A-C-T-A-L-S, astrofractals.com. And that'll take you directly to my website. The base package is a digital picture of it. And then I have options that go higher in price for different types of things, eight by tens, tapestries. I mean, you name it, it's whatever you want. And they are beautiful. Astrofractals.com. Way to go, Mario. I love it. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to seeing what everybody's fractal looks like. And you even have famous people on there. So check them out. Astrofractals.com. Steve Aniel Noble is founder of The Soul Matrix, which can be found online at thesoulmatrix.com, and the author of five nonfiction books, including his most popular and recent free ebook called Starseeds. After 13 years as director of a spiritual nonprofit in London called Alternatives, he's been doing his own healing work and awakening since the winter solstice of 2012. He created a healing system he calls Soul Matrix Healing for Starseeds. And he has a vast library of meditations, videos, broadcasts, and events, all designed to help starseeds. With over 90,000 subscribers and events happening around the globe, we're so glad that he's taken time to join us today. Welcome, Steve. Hi, Cheryl. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, thank you so much for being here. What an exciting show we're going to have. I don't do that many shows on starseeds, but I also had my awakening in 2012, which included my starseed awakening. So I'm curious, how did that unfold for you? Well, the journey for me started earlier. It started in the early 90s. I had my first awakening um, and, and uh, when my father died, I think I was aged around 33. And I had a kind of magical, blissful, synchronistical type of awakening. You know, there was spiritual teachers and I learned about affirmations and I learned about reality creation and all of this stuff. And I dived into metaphysics. I dived into the idea we create our reality. I started listening to channels and spiritual teachers, and it was a very exciting time. Uh, although there was a, a, a lot of change going on in my life as well, uh, as I moved, you know, more fully in the, everything was moved into the spiritual world. You can say all my books were kind of moved for, off the shelf to make room for all the spiritual books, and 
friends changed and all this kind of thing. And uh, my work changed and um, I eventually became a director of alternatives, a spiritual organization, as you mentioned, uh, promoting authors. And so so life was life had moved quite a bit from the early 90s. I was in a, 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 a long term relationship, a new long term relationship. Um, my first marriage ended when um, I moved on the spiritual path. And so life took a different trajectory. And for, you know, some 20 years, I guess, or, or so, everything seemed to be going quite in one direction. And then 2010, I started having a second calling, a second kind of awakening. And this one was calling me to move out or, or to change from my life. And I felt, on one hand, I felt happy with my life. It felt like, you know, my work was was going well, relationship was good. But another level, a deeper level, I was feeling tension, a kind of something has to change. I'm not really growing anymore, but um, I'm, I resisted that calling. I thought, well, I'm not going to do it. I've arrived and I, I can't see where I'm going to go from here. So I resisted the calling. And eventually my life did implode. A catalyst entered my life and she provoked, uh, and she was from Texas, actually. And she provoked the kind of explosion in my life. And then I resigned from alternatives. Everything changed. And then I got put on this path. And um, that led me to a dark night of the soul experience, which lasted for six years. I came out of that in 2016. And dark night of the soul was really difficult. It was um, a dark period for me where I seemed to lose all meaning or motivation or connection to all, all spiritual connection, all my intuition seemed to have gone out the window. And then I woke up one morning and steadily this connection was coming back. And then one morning I heard this voice in my head saying, teach about star seeds and ascension. And it wasn't really what I wanted to hear, really. <laughs> I was hoping for something else. But uh, And I thought, well, I don't really know. Do I know enough about it? I've heard about it, but I don't know if I really know enough to teach it. But I, I kind of realized that resisting the calling was not a good idea. So I said, all right, then I'll, I sat with it for a couple of weeks and I just said, all right, then I'll do it. I, I ran my first workshop on it uh, a few months later and I had 30 people turn up and they were all ecstatic, you know, and I thought, you know, am I winging it? Am I giving them enough content? But in the end, the organizer said, they're, they're ecstatic. We don't want to do more of this. And so that was the beginning of it. And then... Um, I started to do transmissions. That was another aspect of it, which maybe we can talk about later. So that started coming in. So, and I was really being guided. Where am I going with this? How is this developing? It was, it didn't seem a great business decision. You know, let's open a business and teach star seeds and ascension. <laughs> I thought that's probably the worst business decision I could probably make. But actually, it turned out really well. You know, I'm on my path. I'm doing my passion. And, you know, business wise, it's fine, really. So. That was my 2012 experience. Life imploded, dark night of the soul, and then a whole new phase opened up for me. It's really inspiring to anyone that's still struggling a little bit or stumbling around with where's my exact fit or not comfortable standing fully in our truth. You, there you are standing fully and I'm here for star seeds and we're lining up to take your classes and go to your events because we feel seen by you. And I think it's, it's a testament to the value of standing in what we're called to do because we, somebody's looking for that and we need, we're ready to be seen. Yeah. I mean, one thing I've realized further down the line, and I, it was something I, I did a webinar on yesterday. I know you were part of it, Cheryl, mm -hmm. which was this idea that our weirdness is our brilliance. And I know I was applying it to authors, but actually it applies to starseeds that a lot of starseeds might consider themselves a bad fit. Maybe they don't fit in their families. Maybe they don't fit in the corporate world. Starseeds don't really fit in those old 3D reality structures. And um so the moment I embraced my weirdness, because I thought, well, this is the weird part of me that I'm just going to do for my own personal work, my own personal exploration, 
and and my own fun but sharing it public publicly was a whole nother thing but the moment i embraced my weirdness was a turning point for me um there was one level when it became a director of alternatives which was one level of weirdness but this level now is a whole different level because i'm not promoting other people i'm standing up going this is what i have to say about this xyz you know star seeds ascension spiritual awakening so i've embraced a whole nother level of my weirdness and i'm kind of really comfortable with it um i think i shared also on the class yesterday that my children and grandchildren do consider me a bit weird. <laughs> and they, when they say to me, uh, you know, what are you up to? I say, I'm up to no good. And we laugh about it <laughs> because, you know, at the level of humor, it works very well. I don't need to freak them out too much about what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they'll be like shaking their head and, you know, oh my God, dad, you're weird. And we even suspected, <laughs> <laughs> but they don't, I don't mind. We, I don't need to relate on that level. And um, so, yeah, I've embraced my weirdness. I'm very out there publicly, you know, books and YouTube channel, but my, my grandchildren did have a look at my YouTube channel and they were a bit puzzled by it. They're like, granddad, what's all this about? How did you get so many followers? What are you doing? <laughs> you know, they're like nine and 10 and they're curious about granddad's weirdness. You know, that's great. Yeah, I've embraced my weirdness, I think. I like your philosophy tagging onto that embrace your weirdness. You talk about don't worry about pleasing everybody with your work. Put yourself out there and know that the right people are looking for you just the way you are in that embracing your weirdness. So if starseeds that people that aren't starseeds basically aren't following you is your philosophy. If they're a starseed, they can find me. And if they're not, it doesn't matter anyway, right? Yeah, um, exactly that. Because um, I found that starseeds will naturally gravitate to me because you know, I'm saying something that twangs or resonates or they go, oh, my gosh, I don't get it. But I want to listen to more of this guy, this guy. But somebody who's not will listen to what I have to say. And people like me, not just me, but people like me. And they'll be shaking their heads going, you know, this guy, you've, he's, he's seriously lost the plot. What's he talking about? <laughs> you know, there is no such thing as a sense. There is no angels. You know, this is just Bible stuff. You know, forget it. You know, rocks are hard, water's wet. And these are people who've probably been on the planet for a long time, who've suffered. You know, if you imagine, if you look at the history of the planet and look at the history books and look at this, these people have gone through that, you know, from Roman Empire, Inquisition, you know, British Empire. And if you've been through enough wars, enough empire building, enough uh, plagues, enough of all, all that kind of thing, you tend to be much more cynical than a starseed who comes in going, hey, the world's changing, you know, and everyone else going, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, yeah, right. Sure. Right. So. Um, I've, I, I had once, uh, one person who came to a workshop about four years ago, who was not a star, star seed. He thought he was, but I could tell straight away that he wasn't, but his sister was very vulnerable. I think she'd had a suicide attempt and she was a star seed and he was basically coming along to keep an eye on her, but he was clearly, you know, a fish out of water really, I think so. But apart from that, um, that's the only time I remember a non-star seed coming to me. You know, I think, why would anybody pay good money to hear stuff they don't agree with? <laughs> That's a great so, philosophy. Yeah. So how, how do we figure this out? Like if we're just awakening to the idea, I'm, I am not personally, but I meet people who are still dancing around the idea, maybe I'm a starseed, maybe I'm not. So what? What do I do with that? What do you say to those people? Yeah, well, when people start waking up, um, one of the ideas they might come across or one of the terms they come across is this term of I'm a light worker. This is the kind of an easier term. So people think, yes, I'm working with a light. Yes, I can get that. I am a healer or even I'm a white witch or I'm a, I'm a, a, you know, doing good for the planet. I'm serving the planet. 
basically I'm a light worker could fit you know quite easily or I'm a healer I'm a light worker to step up into I'm a star seed is another step because light workers are and healers mostly most healers are star seeds who haven't woken up to their true multidimensional nature they might get the idea that I've lived many lifetimes but they haven't really fully embraced that most of those lifetimes are not on this planet <laughs> and not in this dimension that's another shift like they can't the mind doesn't stretch that far so but the, there comes experiences in meditation or they might hear light language or they might listen to a channel and suddenly something starts opening and they go they usually start saying well i never considered it before but now i'm opening to it i'm intrigued i'm curious and they start doing meditations and then you know um star seeds will be tapped on the shoulder by the other side you know star races they've worked with um who are interested in connecting with them and so then they start slowly opening. It, it means that the mind has to open, really. It's a mental thing. The body, the energy field opens, but the mind kind of goes, I'm not sure. Am I a starseed? I've got to kind of completely shift the way I look at the world to adopt it. But, you know, um, whether they do or not, you know, their energy field is speaking starseed. So the mind usually takes a lot longer to come to terms with it. That was a really nice way to kind of tie together the spiritual journey and the starseed journey, because that was one of the things I was going to ask you to clarify for a listener would be, what is the difference if I'm spiritual versus if I'm a starseed? Are all spiritual people starseeds or all starseeds spiritual? You really kind of touched on that. You want to add anything else? Yeah, I, I, I guess I would say that there are people who consider themselves spiritual who are not starseeds. I mean, there are some people who are on the planet who... Uh, for example, I've met a number of Buddhists uh, or even heretical Buddhists who've kind of escaped Buddhism who would consider that they're spiritual. I remember one friend of mine, uh, I lived in a community and a lovely guy, a great sense of humor. And he's, he would, we would joke and there was a lot of banter going on. And uh, he one day said to me, you know, all this stuff about star races and all of this, he knew I was kind of interested in it. He said, you know, can you, can you lend me a book on it or something? And um, so I I lent him a book. I think I lent him Barbara Marciniak's uh, Family of Light or something. And he read it and I knew what he was going to say to me. He said, it's completely mad, all of it, <laughs> isn't it? And I just knew that he just completely wasn't able to assimilate. It couldn't. He couldn't get it in any shape or form. But he considered himself spiritual. He meditated every day. You know, he... He did a little bit of weed here and there and uh, played music, but I wouldn't consider him a starseed. So, but I don't think he'd call himself a light worker either. He'd say, yes, yeah, I'm spiritual. You know, he'd, he'd go that far, but he wouldn't go further into the more metaphysical, I'm a light worker. I think people who identify themselves as light workers or maybe I think probably even most healers would, would be starseeds, but I can't be sure. But not everyone who says they're spiritual is spiritual, especially people who are, are tied to some religious you know, I'm Christian and spiritual, or I'm Buddhist and spiritual, then the jury's out, really, because um, starseeds are mostly not interested in religion. They right. see it as, they can see through it. You know, all religions started with a brilliant avatar master teacher who gave a brilliant message for the time. And then that message became encased in golden churches and golden temples and golden doctrines and golden thou must not do and you will go to hell, all these weird things that go on. Uh, but the original golden thread of the teacher is in all religions, but the religion itself, you you can't really uh, gain much ascension, gain much light 
in, in those in those structures because the structures themselves uh, don't hold much not light. I don't feel, you know, most religions start off with a burst of light and over time they become more lead, lead booted. Um, yes. But star seeds might explore them for a little while, but they won't hang out there for really, very, very long, I don't think. Um, well, and one of the so, interesting yeah. things, at least uh, my perspective was I came into a human family and there was there were there were some star seeds within my family, but also human. I think we also incarnate into families to bring healing and light to situations and, and whatever and so religion was a part of my childhood and part of my awakening was detaching spirituality from the framework I had it had been encased in and presented to me. And is that a common thing for starseeds? Yes, I think so. Um, I think America is a, a unique case. It's certainly very different from from Europe. Um, well, certainly Britain, whereas in Britain, religion is, is a bit of old, dusty, fady, apart from the evangelical edges whereas in america it's really core to a lot of things it's core to you know even as a president you have to be shown to be really aligned with christianity and the christian message but i i, I found in my family um i i did explore uh, christianity i i recognized the messenger i recognized the message but after being on my knees for a number of years i realized nothing is happening you know <laughs> All, all this praying is not doing anything. I'm not, I'm the same, my same neuroses. And so I realized it wasn't working. But actually, I must say, after after coming on the path and exploring all kinds of things from shamanism, Wicca and all kinds of things, I can now go, look at Christianity and look at the Christian message and actually feel much more aligned with that original teaching, you know, and feel the blessing of that original, you know, Jesus the Christ who came in and did what he he came to do. But yeah, I think star seeds do separate. They they often don't feel at home in their families and they often don't feel, you know, really at home in any religious group for long. They feel it too confining. You know, it's like um all these 10 commandments and thou shalt and thou shalt not it's it's too hard. And some might go off and explore other other religions for a while, you know, I'm sure there are star seeds in Wicca and these kind of more on the edge um spiritual paths sufism uh, maybe a lot of starseeds will go into the more mystical side you know kabbalah sufi uh, maybe mystical christianity possibly but not in the kind of core religious i don't think they're going to find much light there i can't imagine many would hang out there for long you know i was in um i went to fatima in portugal there's a big uh one of the main catholic centers in uh portugal where the children saw this miracle of the vision of mary and i went there i was curious about it so i went it's like it's like going to the vatican it's a whole city full of hotels named after popes and saints and full of you know hundreds of shops selling rosary beads and you know for me it was it was a real experience and and i went to this this evening mass in the center it's a big church and the priests are all swaying there you know senses of incense and saying the mass but i you know i listened to it and i just felt empty I couldn't feel anything in it, really. So I retreated to the hills where the children had the original vision of Mary outside the city. And I felt there a connection. But in, in these church structures, I couldn't really feel it, to be honest. Yeah, it's kind of like they've gotten away from the point and the and the purity and the power that was of the origin. It's gotten so diluted is what I'm hearing you say. And that's kind of what I felt as well. It's interesting. You yeah. touched on shamanism and Wiccan and... And when I look at like, so so my awakening came a lot through plant medicine work for a few years and, and talk about having the veil ripped away. And so I've had a lot of memories of past lives and past planets and such. 
And it seems to me like some of the older practices like shamanism and like the Wiccan were more oriented toward the stars and toward astrology and toward, do you feel like those, those were star seeds that came down and, and started that? Or where do you think those came from? I think a lot of these old tribal shamanic traditions do talk about contact with star races, you know, and there's a lot of shamanic uh, or tribes that talk about the winged people and so there are there are these very ancient tribes that go back a long way that have these connections there's the um tribe in africa that had the connection with star sirius uh, forget the name of them now uh the hopi indians there's a number of these tribes that do have these kind of connections certainly you know a shaman wouldn't have any trouble about connecting with someone from the stars because in shamanism they have this concept of the three worlds lower middle and upper whereas the this is the middle world we're living in the lower world is all these kind of low lower worlds of you know plant people tree people crystal people you know animal people all all these other races on the earth and the the upper world is angels and ascended beings and you know star beings so shamans have no problem I know when I was in uh, Wicca, uh, I, start, I was in it for 10 years, and I, I met a lot of people there that, I mean, it's a, it was a very fantastic path I followed. It was very creative, a lot of fun. It was a lot, very joyful, and I learned a lot about ritual there. But they had a real problem with angels, you know, and I know that um, when I started connecting more with a kind of Christian Kabbalistic angelic and connecting more with those energies, they have a real problem. You know, that you can create sacred space calling the guardians of earth, air, fire, water and spirit, but you can't call the angel of air, the angel that to them was heresy because they're so, there's so much strong. I think, I think in, in witchcraft and wicker circles, there's a kind of fear of Christianity because of the history and vice versa. I think Christians kind of fear witches and wicker you know generally not everyone might but there's a kind of there's a bit of a split between the two and a bit of fear on both sides so i remember being in one witch camp and someone was talking about angels and she was almost attacked by another person how can you talk about angels we are not here for that you know and i thought you know you know you're talking like a a, an extremist really you know relax chill chill out (laughs) you know so this kind of you know you can get extreme pagans and extreme christians the, the same you know really evangelical christians evangelical pagans you know i've met them met them all and uh, i'm not like that i think all paths all paths have some golden thread in them really I think that's why I resonate so well with your work. And I do resonate with your work. I love what you put out in the world. And and you put out lots of different things, all designed to empower us to stand in our truth, stand in, in, in all of our light and be what we came here to be. And this is a really important time for all of us to be doing that because what we're seeing in the world, this is a powerful shift. I'd like you to speak to kind of where this work has led you now with what's been going on with lockdown and what you're seeing starseeds most coming to you for and needing and how you're addressing that. Well, yeah, I've put out on um, the YouTube channel a number of uh, a number of uh, offerings uh, around the virus, around neutralizing its effects, um, because I, I think that I have this concept. It's not just my concept that we're shifting in dimensions, you know, from 3D to 4D to 5D. And there's a lot of illnesses that exist at, you could say, the 3D level, including this virus, and that can't exist at a higher higher frequency level. So I put these transmissions up to really talk into that, really neutralizing and destroying the impact. To be honest, I have hardly any fear around. I have I don't give it any thought, really. 
I know I can see there's a lockdown. It's, I'm living in a really bizarre world because even though I'm in lockdown and social distancing, my life seems to be very much the same other than I can't visit nice tea shops and, you know, go to the cinema once in a while. But I put out a, a, um, a wellness one to, to neutralize. I put out a super quick uh, a C virus, you know, uh, clearing meditation. I put also out something around 5G that people are very concerned about, which I think is a bit of a concern. I've put out one around super quick re uh, fear release because fear is a big pandemic, really. You know, there's a huge pandemic of fear, which is being really pumped out by the media at the moment. That it's really incredible. You know, in England, our, it, during the Second World War, we went through the Blitz in London. And the message was being put out was keep calm and carry on. It was all about calm, you know, calming down the population. Here, the opposite's happening. Every yes. channel, everywhere you look, there's all this pumping out of fear, fear. You must be worried, you know, uh, you know who's to blame, who's, you know, you know all of this stuff. Um, I do feel the ascension period, we're in a period of, of a kind of dance between light and dark, you know, there's a new light coming into the planet. Star seeds are also a new light coming into the planet, helping grounding that light. But the dark, uh, as far, it's, it, they're more anti-light. They're the kind of we want to keep things the way they are. We don't want this shift. We're not. We don't want things to change. You know, we don't like star seeds. We don't like any of this talk. Really, you know, let's keep it as it is. You know, and so there is this interplay between dark and light, and that's really an interplay of, of frequencies and vibration. You know. When you've got starseeds raising their vibration to an incredible level and you've got people vibrating at a low level, there's a, there's a very big dissonance there. So when one of the messages Jesus the Christ gave when he came, which I never understood or I didn't understand for a long time, was I did not come to bring peace. I come to bring the sword. And I thought, why on earth would he say that? That doesn't make any sense. I thought Christianity is about peace. Uh, but what I understand now is when you bring a being of extremely high light into an a dense frequency it creates a great volatility and so the volatility we're seeing on the planet now which has really increased you know since 2012 it's increasing exponentially and it's continuing to increase um, we're seeing that there's a lot of volatility it's almost like two rivers are meeting and clashing you know that there's a, there's a you know if you if you're a boat on one river and suddenly you meet another one coming in suddenly you're being bounced from side to side so we're seeing all kinds of volatility politically uh, economically you know, economic systems are being hit hard now. Um, there's on, on the kind of anti-light side, there's a lot of control and surveillance and, you know, let's vaccinate the world, which I don't really agree with at all. You know, and all these kind of and, and, and bringing in draconian rules and regulations. And that's the anti-light. Let's control everything. Let's lock it down, everything. But the light side, you know, I'm not suggesting people shouldn't be careful about this, but I don't think we need draconian laws, draconian measures. I don't think vaccinating the world is really going to help because it's a that's not I don't think that's what this issue is about personally. Uh, but that's a whole different subject. You know, it's a that's a whole area. I probably shouldn't go into that <laughs> too much. You, know, you can either agree with Bill Gates or disagree. I disagree with him personally. And uh, I, I'm much more putting my attention on, you know, I'm know about thieves oil but in the in europe in the great uh, there was the black death or the, the the black death in the was it 1300s was it or 1400s and half of europe was killed and they there was these thieves going around the story goes that could survive the black death they were robbing from the dead and they got caught and the story goes the judge said to them if you tell me the formula for your how you you know evaded this plague 
then I'll be more lenient on you. And they gave him the formula for thieves oil, which I, you can get it on Google. If you Google thieves oil and I've made the batch. So I just kind of spray it on hankies and breathe it in. And uh, uh, at, at one level, I think that's pretty good. At another level, I do the meditations to keep out anything of a low frequency. Um, you know, I, my son works in the NHS, but, and I listen to all these cases. It, it seems to me he lives in another world, than, another reality than me. I, I, I'm looking at the world thinking we're in a very strange world, but I don't feel any fear about it personally. Right. I'm, I'm looking at it through the lens of, of being socially responsible for, for my space in it and what I'm bringing to the world without feeding the fear too much. But as you say, the media is doing a great job of that. The one distinction I want to reiterate that you just made, you didn't talk about how we need to build up our immune system by eating these foods and taking these vitamins. You mentioned a couple of things we can do physically, but what you focused on was raising our own personal frequency to be higher than that of the virus so that we don't have to worry about it. And I I like that distinction. Thank you for that. I think actually, but that's another, it is a very important point because what we eat and drink is super important. So I do think at night, if you, if I was to show you my shelf, it's full of vitamin C, it's full of uh, vitamin D drops. It's, uh, you know, various stuff that I, I've used to boost my immune system. Of course, fear reduces people's immune system and re- neutralizing fear is one way of boosting it. But of course, what we eat and drink. And I did read an article, which a researcher, it was very interesting, saying that this this um, scientist believes that the it or seems to the figures seem to show that the virus was hitting those areas where the most pollution was. So highly polluted areas were suffering more than someone living in the woods, you know, in the, in nature, in the sunshine, or something like that. And it's not just about uh, population; it's just about heavy pollution. And and 5G, of course, could could definitely tap into that, you know, pollution. But certainly the diet, what we eat and what we drink. Is super important. Uh, and since this virus has come along, my diet has changed really super strongly. I've um, eliminated dairy 100%. I used to eat organic eggs once in a while and a bit of goat's cheese once in a while. I don't eat any dairy at the moment. I've gone completely gluten-free since. So I really had to look at my diet. And I do encourage people to look at the diet to boost their immune system and overall health, really. Yeah, that's great that you added that too. Those are important things. I just think it's refreshing to to talk with someone who started with frequency and then talked about backing that up with boosting our immune system. I think if we're yeah. so focused on boosting our immune system and then we're living in fear that, that we're not healthy enough or that we aren't being careful enough or whatever, that fear is undoing the very boost work that we've just done. Yeah, yeah. And of course, food is frequency as well. So if we're eating... Uh, food which has been like an animal that's been killed in a dreadful way for example or factory farmed then that's energy we're taking into our body and we need to transform it whereas if the energy is already high fantastic you know so i encourage people to eat organic as far as possible um filter their water as far as possible you know um look at um supplements they might need i i, I like dowsing so i've got a pendulum i've been using it for 20 odd years and so you can test if you use something like that, check, do I need more vitamin D, C, what what strength? So, you know, rather than just put your finger to the wind, you can douse for things like that. If you if for people who use pendulums or, or other means, you know. Right. Body dousing, whatever. So yeah. t- you touched on transmissions and wanted to come back and talk about that later. So talk to us about the different things that you offer and the role that each of those has in helping us navigate our path here and what we're here for. Yeah, well, in the early days, uh, so I had my first transmission come through in Greece. Um, I was I used to do writing retreats before I really fully 
fully embrace this path. And um, yeah, I was kind of teetering on the edge of doing writing retreats and some of this stuff, doing both. And uh, there was an energy that came to me on the on the coast of Greece. I was sitting in a little Greek Christian church, a chapel on the edge of the sea, and you can hear the waves pounding. And this chapel could fit about eight people or ten people, you know. And then I had this energy come through. And I was something's trying or someone is trying to connect with me. And I spent the next two or three days trying to work it out. And then I did. And I think one of the, the first um, the first recordings I did was called the Earth Star Goddess, which was really channeling an energy of a goddess, uh, an, an ancient goddess on the earth, a Greek goddess. And um, I was really resistant because I thought I don't have a womb. I shouldn't be doing this. You know, should, why don't you choose a woman to do this? <laughs> but they were very insistent. So I put it out there. And in the early days, I used to just wait for these connections, waiting for, you know, in the early days, I, I did ones on, uh, you know, um, star races from various places, uh, connecting with your soul family or star family. I did one on Mount Shasta. I sat on Mount Shasta and I tuned in and I got a download there. So I used to go to these places and get downloads. Uh, there's, there's one on like Palladium races, the new 5D Earth, all of these things. And then... <clears throat> Um, the Arcturian healing chamber. And then I, I started to do, rather than just receive, I started to wonder, can I ask them, can we do something on a certain issue that's come up? And so, um, for example, there was an issue around um, warrior and battle and people dying in battle. And I got the warrior transmission, clearing the violence of the 3D matrix. And other ones I asked, can we do, um, you know, what about uh, twin flame stuff? What about relationship stuff? Can I do one uh, clearing uh, patriarchal stuff? And so it was, became much more of a two-way thing. Um, but s so sometimes I would just be given it. So more recently, um, I put one out called Summoning the Dragon. And that came through a dream. The whole meditation was in a dream. And I was riding a dragon in the dream and going to a volcano in the dream and throwing all this old energy in, into the volcano. That was completely uh, come from a dream. Some of them now are coming from clients. So I had a client who completely was closed in her inner world, couldn't see anything, couldn't feel anything. So I, I asked, can I create one around awakening the inner senses? And that one came quite quickly. Um, and then, so th if there's a need, I kind of ask, ask the kind of spirit, can I do this one? And, you know, I put one out around um, uh, world peace transmission when it seemed like Donald Trump might be starting war with Iran. And I, and I thought, let's neutralize, let's calm it all down. And, that one had 20,000 plays. So 20,000 people sending out the vibrations of peace in the world is a force, you know, um, in the world. And so it became more of a two-way thing. So there are transmissions which are working with angels. Uh, all the meditations of transmissions work with these six angels. The horizontal angels, which are um, the East, Raphael, Archangel of Air. The South, Michael, Archangel of Fire. The West, Gabriel, Archangel of Water. The North, Uriel, Archangel of Earth. Metatron from above, from the great central sun, and Sandophon in the core of the earth, the crystalline grid. Six angels are holding the six directions. So all the transmissions and meditations are held in that space. But the transmissions are usually a bit longer, and they are connecting with star races or goddess archetypal energies. Um, and the meditations are more of a personal development nature, such as um, healing anger or um, transforming the ego or releasing fear or just or just quick ones, quick opening up morning ones or evening ones or 
um, gaining insight to an issue ones. They're kind of more practical, uh, healing the bloodline one. So yeah, and they tend to be a bit shorter than transmissions. And they came uh, not in any logical order, to be honest. I was kind of saying to, to the guys on the other side, well, can we have them in some logical order? What about if we have a whole series of Egyptian ones and a whole series of uh, healing the emotions ones? But I just got, no, it's coming as it comes. And they seem to be jigsaw puzzles, that, jigsaw pieces, I should say, of a puzzle that people go in and look and go, which piece do I start with? And, and see, people email me, say, where do I start? I say, I don't know. You have to look and just be guided. I've got no idea where you should start. You should know. Just go where you're drawn. Or if you have a need, go to one that addresses that need. So, but the pieces are coming together in patterns now. And I can see there's a pattern to them. And they're starting to make sense to me. Whereas in the beginning, I was just like, I've got no idea why this one's coming out. But hey, I'll go with it, you know. I love it. I love your work. And it's true. We need to be trusting our inner voice more. And so that's great that you direct them back to what do you feel? Because we, we, we're we so used to having gurus in all areas of our lives tell us what we need to do next. And I think that the time for gurus is past and it's time to listen to our own guidance. Do you yeah. share that a lot with people? I'm sure you say that to a lot of people that are, are used to being told what's next and what to do. Well, I did put out an Ascension News track because one of the things I put out on YouTube is Ascension News. It's just me talking for 10 minutes or so. And one of the tracks was um, the age of the guru is over. You know, Pis the age of Pisces is over. This is Aquarius. We're not into gurus. I'm not your guru either. You know, I'm putting out stuff, but I'm not in those meditations and transmissions in the work. I'm trying to help people access their own energy field and access what's alive within them and find their own resources for dealing with their own issues. That's all the work. What's alive within them? What resources can we evoke to help, you know, clear the path, move forward? I'm not here telling people you've got to believe in anything. I have my own views. Um, and in workshops, usually I say, the opening line is, please don't believe anything I say, but keep an open mind, you know, because I think if I want you to believe anything I want to say, immediately I'm putting myself in a position of a guru or a teacher. I'm not that. I'm so, I'm just facilitating something. Yes, really. that's perfect. And you do a great job. You have a huge following. So congratulations on that. I'm amazed at how much content you put out. I feel really lazy when I look, <laughs> when I watch oh, your yeah. work. You're putting out stuff almost every day. You've got something to contribute. You're meeting with clients and you're putting up uh, free offerings and newsletters and and putting together events. And uh, do you spend much time? How much of your effort is actually channeling or do you create or how does that process work for you that you're so fluid in it well uh creating time is the issue really and uh, so i i do work 24 7 this almost because if if something comes through on a sunday evening i'm not going to say look guys it's my evening off you know can you can you go away i i'll go and i'll sit down and i'll make notes and i'll i'll record it when i can so uh, i am mindful of burnout because i know that I, I do feel passionate about the work i know i'm here for it and I have been certainly the early two or three years, I was doing it seven days a week, 24 seven. Um, but lately I, I've, I've had to cut down and go, well, I need two or three days off. I need to be able to sit and, and have space to create and, and, and feel into the collective. You know, I can't just be bang, 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 you know, webinars, one-to-ones. I've, I've got to find space. And so increasingly I'm just finding space to sit in, you know, go, well, now that in the lockdown, go for a walk by the river and uh, take a flask of tea or something, you know, and, and get some inspiration or sit in the bath and get some inspiration. Um, or occasionally, you know, I'll, I'll just chill out in front of YouTube and listen to music or something, you know, 
uh, switching off is is essential for me just to be able to have space to download and to feel well what's alive in me yeah um, i did get that from your workshop yesterday too that i really haven't diligently been committing to a time and prioritizing that this is my time and it's a spiritual process and I'm going to open myself and do the meditations and things and then allow the information to come through me. I feel like, oh, if I'm not in the mood to do it, I won't do it right now. It's not time or it's not coming through. You kind of made it clear that we have to really be open to that and committed to that as a priority in our life if we want that content to come through in those messages. And I noticed a lot of the participants were saying they had blocks with what they believe to be their channeling ability or whatever. You actually said that all star seeds have channeled. Do you want to speak to that for a moment? Yeah, I found that all, all star seeds have channels, but they do it in different ways. Um, and there's the traditional channels that are out there who do conscious channeling okay i'm connecting with the arcturians or the pleiadians and now i'm channeling exactly what they're going to say to me and that takes a lot of surrender there's a guy called paul selig who i think channels the order of melchizedek it takes a lot of surrender just to channel that i'm not that i'm too impatient too rebellious and i i I can't just sit and just say tell me what i've got to say now so what i do is I had a teacher um, years ago called Jill Edwards, and I trained with her for 10 years. She was brilliant. And I, when I watched her, I realized she's channeling, but she's not saying, okay, I'm going to sit down now and see what's coming through. She was channeling, just talking, and you could see something would shift in her. And I was like, what, why, what, what is, what's happening with her? How is she getting this information? But she was owning it. It's like, I'm saying this, although it's clearly coming from somewhere through her. Um, and I thought that's intriguing. She's taking responsibility. She's saying, you know, here's me, Jill, saying this is what I've got to say, you know, and this is how you can connect with the guides. And so I kind of more do that. I don't do the let's sit down and I'm going to channel the Arcturians now. I know some people do that. So I'm uh, that's the way I do it. Some people channel light language. Some people channel light language through their hands. Some people do it through their voice. Some people paint light language or channel light into mandalas um they're ch- just channeling energy there are healers who are channels you know most healers like starseed healers are just pure channels you know the other thing about the channeling aspect which is another aspect of it is that starseeds can really read people quite well and quite easily so i know i i've got a kind of got a coaching healing coaching hat and i tend to sit and read people's energy and read what their what their energy is through their words as well through their language you know, what they're saying is a big pointer to what's going on inside of them. So like on the webinar I did the other night, <clears throat> I could sit. I like to speak with people and find out, well, tell me what is alive within you. What's going on? What do you feel is really blocking you? Tell me. And how is that blocking you? You know, and how, what does that feel really about if you sit with it? And that's the kind of thing I like to do, which is a kind of energetic thing as well. So uh, there's all kinds of variations of channeling from people you wouldn't even know that they're doing it to ones who are formally this is my channel and i'm channeling being you know from planet x you know or wherever thank you for that i thought that was helpful to hear how many different ways there are to channel because i know i too had an idea of what that would look like and and well i must not be doing it right and 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 then i just find i had to laugh because i think i was channeling long before i even knew what channeling was i think i'm so open to it that i do it without even realizing it half the time so i think just coming to to be more aware of what may be going on that we're we're trying so hard for something that we don't realize it's already happening <laughs> yeah exactly for sure and there's all yeah there's all kinds of ways so um and I, I'm sure that Starseeds will find new ways of doing it that I haven't even thought of yet. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, 
Starseeds are very in, innovative, so I'm sure um, we just have to wait and see what comes out, really. So what do you hope is going to come out of this time? What do you see unfolding that you're kind of excited about going, yes, this is part of the shift that, that, I, that I've been helping to create, or this is, this is the direction we're going in. What do you see moving forward that excites you? Well, I think um, just like big events like 9-11 and this C virus are major wake-up calls for a lot of people. So I know a lot of people had a wake-up call in 9-11. You know, 9-11 is not a particularly love and light uh, experience, but a lot of people looked to that and woke up. Mm-hmm. You know, something big is going on, on the planet, and I think a lot of people are looking at this virus. Something big is going on, on the planet, and they're waking up. They're more open to conversations. They're more open to uh, things that may not have been open to before. On another level, we, we've got probably a lot of things on the planet will change as a result of this. You know, the way we meet together, the way we speak together, the way we work together, the way we educate people. In schools, you know, the whole online, suddenly everyone's gone online and realized a lot of this stuff can be done online. Why am I commuting to work, you know, two hours a day, you know, there and back? What, it doesn't make sense. Why are we sending our kids to school to sit in this square building five days a week when they could be doing some of it at home? You know, so it's it's liberating. It's going to be a liberating force. And there's also the thing around... Um, suddenly the skies are not crisscrossed with all these planes mm-hmm. and, and, you know, chemtrails and, uh, and rivers are cleaning up and the, the canals in Venice are cleaning up. And I, I don't know, I think I read somewhere the ozone layer is cleaning up or something. I, I, so there's all, so the planet itself is having a little reset or a, li- a little minor one, you know, it's only what, six weeks or several weeks. So it's a minor one and people are looking at it. This, this is the world we could have. People are, connecting with nature you know i know every leaf in my local park now which i never (laughs) knew before you know going out running around it every morning so maybe people are stopping to look at the small things in life you know i'm we're we're spending more time with families we're spending more time in nature you know well going in nature for a walk around if you've got a park near you so maybe people are reflecting on the bigger issues death will make people reflect on death has always been one of those things which makes people reflect on how am i living you know, I, when the Buddha was asked, who is your teacher? He said, my teacher is death. And um, the fact that we're all impermanent, you know, this body doesn't last forever. This is a major reminder to the whole world that we are, we're, even though our spirit is immortal and eternal, the body is not. What are you doing with your life? So there's all kinds of layers, I think. It's shaking people up. So I think there's going to be a lot of positivity, positive moves, as well as um, – you know, hopefully people are going to be sick and tired of the media and turn off the TV. <laughs> I do recommend it. Turn off the TV. You know, I can't bear listening to a single word of it really, anymore. <laughs> I agree with you wholeheartedly there. I, yeah, absolutely. If, if it's depressing, I hope it's depressing you enough that you turn it off. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, it's also affected your events like it has many of us with our events. So some of your event schedule has changed. But why don't you share with the, the listeners what you've got coming up that we can look forward to? Well, um, I'm even before this um, crisis came out, I was already doing webinars and now I'm doing a series of webinars. So nothing's changed, really. Uh, I did one last night on Channel Your Book. I'll probably do another one again on that subject. They're two hour webinars. The next one is on Tuesday, the 19th of May called The Starseed Entrepreneur. It's for starseeds who want to who are either in business or want to start their business and want to get on the path that they're really meant to get on. I'm doing a webinar on the 26th of May called The Starseed Revolution and the New 5D Earth, which is more about um, the nature of starseeds and the nature of the shift on the planet. 
Um, and there are other webinars on my website. My first um, live event I'm hoping is going to be Glastonbury Retreat in August. Um, hopefully that will be able to go ahead. I did actually cancel the one in uh, April because of, was it April or May? Yeah, April. I, and I actually canceled some events in America because I was due to come over in May. I've got one event planned in America at the moment, which is in Portland in mid-October, 16th to 18th of October. And I've got a retreat in November to Egypt and hoping, fingers crossed, all of these will go ahead. I hope they do for you. And we can sign up for your newsletter and get these notices. I know I get your emails all the time. So they can do all that on the website, right? Yeah, the, the soulmatrix.com. You just sign up for the newsletter and uh, and then you've got access to the free um, resource library with all the meditations, transmissions, ascension news, affirmation tracks and, and other stuff. Lots of good stuff on there. I know I get on your YouTube channel for one thing and I, you know, hours later, I'm still surfing through all this stuff. You've got tons of content out there, all of which is very helpful. So thank you for all that you do. And thank you for making time to be with us today. I, we've covered a lot. I'd like to ask you, uh, with all things considered, if you have you or the guides or whomever have a parting thought you'd like to leave us with today. A parting thought. Oh, okay. So a parting thought is do use this time well for inner exploration as well as outer exploration. There's lots of time for meditation and in, for outer work, perhaps creativity, perhaps writing, perhaps reflecting, take the time to reflect on what is really important and meaningful in life. If there's any shifts or changes really you'd like to make when the lockdown finishes, use this time for inner reflection and also for thinking about your life. Is there anything that needs to be tweaked or changed or is there anything you feel you've always been afraid to do but you'd love to do? That was a great message. And you did speak to fear yesterday. And I, I love that you brought that up and said, you know, this is a time that we are safe. We let the fears of past lives hold us back. And this is a time that we are safe to move ahead. And that's a powerful message to hear right now. Yeah, I think a lot of star seeds who've suffered in other lifetimes through hurt, harm, execution, humiliation, torture, exile, for, you know, for speaking our truth. It's not always been safe on the planet to speak, you know, our truth. You know, you get up on the soapbox and the government or the church might throw you in jail. But now it's different. Now it's safe to come out of the spiritual closet. No one is going to throw you in jail. Certainly not in America, not in Britain and not in Europe. There might be one or two countries in the world which are still a bit doubtful, but mostly it's safe to come out and be who you truly are. Lovely. Steve, thank you so much for spending time with us today. I've thoroughly enjoyed it and you will see me at more of your webinars and hopefully an event. I'm going to put that out there that that's going to happen in the future too. <laughs> Lovely. Well, maybe I'll come down south uh, eventually, get down there again. Absolutely. We'd love that. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, listener, for joining us today. Be sure and like us on whatever app you're listening so other people can find the show. And give us some feedback at journeyofpossibilities.com. Let us know what you think or if you've got ideas for future shows. And we'll see you next time on Exploring Possibilities.